Hey everyone, welcome back to the Planting Wildflowers podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Leonardis, and gosh, I'm happy to have today's guest with us. Stephanie Johnston is here with us, and I want to tell you a little bit about her. She, first of all, we became friends this year, and she was one of those people that I felt, you know, when you see someone online or you hear about someone and you just you find yourself naturally gravitating to them. You want to know more. You feel like you know them. And then when you do meet them, they're everything you had hoped that they would be and more. That was my experience with Stephanie. She is truly a genuine, authentic woman who is living what I would describe to be one of the brightest lives because she is so intentional about connecting with other women and other women's passions. And I think it takes a really special person to call out qualities in another person. She does that so incredibly well, which just, it just puts the punctuation mark on what an absolute star person she really is. Let me tell you a little bit about Steph. First of all, Stephanie is a health and life coach. She is a champion for mid-aged women ready to say yes to more health, more happiness, fulfillment, and joy in their lives. In 2018, Steph received a cancer diagnosis that would be the wake-up call she needed to make a dramatic lifestyle change. She traded in her corporate career. She was working 60 hours a week, traveling all over North America, and the continuous climb up that corporate ladder was quite stressful, I imagine. Probably fun from time to time, but quite stressful. She traded that in. She exchanged time away from her family and burnout for connection to who she is and what really lights her up. And now she serves women who are also desiring to feel more fulfilled in their own lives. Steph lives in Dundas, Ontario. She's not too far from here. She lives with her husband, her two teenage boys, and her husky pup, Roxy. Stephanie, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful introduction. I'm a crier, so that <laughs> you're going to have me weeping before we even get started, but you're such a beautiful soul. And it's amazing to me that we only connected this past year. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like you've been in my life so long and we've just become so connected. And I remember if I can share just that first time we met in person, you give the very best hugs and I am a hugger and you give the very best hugs. And I knew right then and there that Aww. we were going to be connected. Oh, I love, thank you for that compliment. Yeah. The pandemic has been killing me because I love laying giant hugs on people Um, So I'm so, so grateful that I was able to do that with you. And you're right. It has felt like we've known each other a long time. And if you, when you meet someone like that, it's, I, if you believe in the idea that we've been connected in a, in a, in a different way, in a different realm, there is some truth to this idea that while we, the person, people we are right now may have just met, our souls are somehow connected from a previous experience. So perhaps that's our story, Steph. You never know. I but would I love am, that to be our story. <laughs> right? Let's just say it is. It just yeah. is. So it is. And having you on the show today is so special to me because I have witnessed you and have felt witnessed by you in this past year in a really, really big way. We've run um, in a lot of parallels with one another, and I've learned a tremendous amount from you. Can you begin to share with us? I know we've sort of glossed over and given some highlights about who you are. Do you want to share a little bit more? Do you want to fill in a few of those gaps for us? Sure. Okay. Where to start? So yes, I am a mom of two teenage boys. So we're in that existence with a 14 year old and an 18 year old, and we're stepping into this beautiful now chapter of our oldest starting to receive university acceptances. And we're seeing that sort of adventure come down. So that next season and chapter is coming for us. Um, for myself, I, I grew up in retail. I, I grew a beautiful, beautiful career in retail. I worked for some of the most 
iconic retail brands in the world, global, beautiful brands. And I really fell in love with that. I fell in love with the energy of retail. I loved being in service to people. I loved being a coach and a mentor as I grew in my leadership in retail. But what I never saw happening was this corporate ladder climb that you call out and that idea of, you know, going after next. And and I grew up in a household where my, both my parents were very successful. And I think that was just what I knew, right? You go after, you know, that next promotion, that next career, you work hard, um, you build a life for yourself. And so as I was in retail, because I loved it, I just got completely sucked in by it. I got completely sucked in by it. I was chasing the next promotion. I was chasing the next opportunity, the next award. Um, and I chased it all the way to burnout. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I did. So take us to that place. What was it like at the height of the busyness? It, you were, you mentioned working 60 hours a week and you're a mom on top of that. And, and, and there's just so many layers to that. And then there was uh, a pivotal moment for you that changed it all. Can you take us back in time to that, to that place in that space? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you're right. I was working 60 hours a week. I was traveling three weeks out of the month. I had frequent flyer miles, like, like nobody else. I mean, I had status in every hotel and airline and all of them because I've spent so much time on the road for my job. And, and I really did truly love it, but I was, you know, I was missing time at home with my family and my boys were playing competitive hockey at the time. So they were playing rep hockey. They were on the ice five days a week. And, you know, I never would have been able to do what, do what I did in retail without my husband, he really, I mean, he was working a full-time career still is. And at that time was balancing me being away and the boys and getting them to games. And, you know, I would often be away from Monday to Friday and get home Friday and be exhausted and just want to go to bed. Like I was just no use to anybody. And, you know, we'd have Saturday together, Sunday, and then there always felt like this midpoint on Sunday where I was starting to prep for next. And oftentimes like flying out on a Sunday, that wasn't unheard of. I would fly out Sunday night so that I could be present for Monday morning for work, you know, in another province or another city. So it really was that there was so much going on with our family and with our, you know, with my career and with what every, everything I was chasing, I guess it really was like a chasing, um, season for me in that life. And then it did, I received the pivotal moment, you know, often you hear the story of what is it? The, the feather, the brick and the Mack truck. Mm-hmm. And I clearly ignored the feather and the brick and I got hit by the Mack truck and I got a cancer diagnosis and that in a, in an instant changed everything for me. Hmm. I, I want to talk more about that call in just a moment, but I really want to, for someone who's listening right now and can relate to where Stephanie was at that time working all of those hours and being a mom and just having all of the things sort of swirling all at the same time. There's, it isn't to say that the journey is the same for everyone. I I reflect back on my time in my corporate life. And even as you're saying it, there's, there's something that lights up in me. There's some element of excitement. And I think to myself, could I be sucked back into that? And the answer is yes. 100%. 100%. For me, the, the, it, you're 100% as well, Steph. Absolutely. It's just like it gives me the tingles thing is just so independent and free or so it seems. And I think this is how time can slip away from us because we we get so immersed in that busyness, that fullness, or some of us might describe it as as chaos. And unfortunately, sometimes it comes down to that Mack truck like you said, it, um, it does for many people. S- some will recognize the feather or the brick, as you mentioned, I love that analogy, by the way. So maybe stack up where you're at right now, if your life is feeling like it's spinning out of control, is the universe sending you the messages that you actually need for the rest of your life? Um, and if so, don't turn away, 
because mm-hmm. something bigger and bolder and much more intense will find its way to you if you're not listening to what's going on with you. So Steph, the phone call, yeah. can you take us into that conversation? Yeah. So it's a, it's a beautiful example of where I was and where my priorities were, because I can, I can tell you in so much detail, I was in my car. It was a beautiful, sunny spring, almost summer day. You know, those beautiful days where now the sun is finally starting to shine and it's a little bit hotter and, you know, the windows are down and the sunroof is open and I'm driving my car and I'm on the highway and I'm headed to downtown Toronto for work and the phone rings and, you know, I answer it and I'm on Bluetooth and I'm in traffic and I'm driving and, you know, and then nurse from the hospital says, you know, the doctor needs to see you. We need to make an appointment. I had had a couple of previous appointments, didn't think anything of it, didn't think it was anything serious. And she said, you know, the doctor needs to see you. We'd like you to come in today. And I, without even considering it said, no, sorry, that's not an option. I'm on my way to work right now. I'd love to schedule a time that would be more convenient. And she said, hold please. And put the doctor on the phone and the doctor, as I'm driving 80 kilometers an hour on the highway said to me, Stephanie, you have cancer. Mm. And I pulled off. And for anybody that's familiar with Toronto, I was on the gardener. I pulled off on Lakeshore. I pulled into one of those parking paid parking lots on Lakeshore. And I literally was still in like corporate mode and was like, okay, hang on. Like, let me put you on hold for a second. I put him on hold. I dug into my briefcase for a notebook and a pen because I thought I should take notes. This is something you take notes for. Got out my pen and paper and was holding it and put him back on and said, I'm sorry, what did you say? And he said, you have cancer. You have stage 1A1 cervical cancer. He also referred to it as the good cancer. I I don't know if there's such a thing, but the good cancer and said, I need to see you today. And I was like, okay. And I hung up the phone and I sat there for a minute. I got back on the highway. And the first thing I did was call my boss's boss because I had a brand new boss at the time and was not comfortable telling him. So I called my boss's boss who had a very good relationship and said to her, I, I have cancer. And then started to cry. And she was like, you, you're driving. I can hear you driving. So I have to get to the appointment, but I need you to call the store that I was supposed to visit. Like that was still my priority was like the people that I work with need to know that I won't be in today. Yeah. And from there called my husband and, you know, all of the things sort of rolled from there, but yeah, it really, as I reflect back on who I was then that I was still prioritizing that, you know, when a doctor calls you and says, I need to see you today, most people I think say, okay, what time do you need to see me? I said, nope, I'll reschedule. I, I, I feel like I relate to that. I obviously, I haven't had that same experience, but I understand that. And I know someone out there listening right now also does. So what happens next? You call your husband and your husband's going to put a whole new spin on that. I imagine your family is going to bring you that groundedness and that the sense of reality, which I feel like is probably what you were maybe wishing to avoid. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the reality of the situation um, was absolutely what I was trying to avoid consciously or unconsciously. But when I called him, you know, it was just like, meet me at home. Like there was still, I was still in a place where I could be really like strategic, like we need to meet at home. And then at the time our boys were younger. So the boys were at home. It was summer. The boys were at home with the nanny. And I was like, I can't go home. Like they can't see me like this. Where are we going to meet? We ended up meeting at a friend's house, sat in her backyard, kind of talked through everything. And that was really, I think when I sat down in her backyard, you know, she handed me a cup of tea, the three of us are sitting there. And that's when the reality hit of like, but I have, I have boys, I have a family, I have like all of these things, I, I can't have cancer. Like I don't, you know, and I remember actually saying, I don't have time to have cancer. You right. Said I said that. 
I literally said that. And so that really just was the sort of the kickstart. And I think for me, it was over time, there were, you know, appointments and things like that. And I will say I was truly blessed in my journey. Um, I, you know, I had surgery and a few procedures and I am healthy and well, and, you know, and I do look back on it now as that gift. It was a gift. It was a gift for me because it really did kickstart this journey that I'm on now. And I'm so grateful to be on it now. I'm so glad you fast forwarded to present time because I think that's that, that allows us to exhale and really lean into what has happened since that pivotal moment in your life, because you have the, the Stephanie that we know today, like having met you and like, I, I just would have never imagined that you had been through such a challenging experience. And I think that too speaks to the type of person that you are, because it, we're going to absorb stuff that we don't want to absorb in life. We're going to have these moments, these challenges, difficulties, um, traumas that are, are part of our life. But when we absorb them, allow ourselves to digest them and, and decide, and I mean that like, like decide that things are a going to remain the same or B decide things are going to shift so that you're able to execute all of the things that are within you to give to the world. You obviously were very successful in your corporate life and could have very much just recovered and stepped right back into that life and never brought to reality the things that you're doing today. So why is it so important to you having been through everything that you've been through and learn the lessons that you were meant to learn. Why is it so important to you now to share this out with other women, specifically women in, in, in midlife, let's call mm-hmm. ourselves the midlife. Yeah. You're having a yeah. fun conversation before we went <laughs> about midlife stuff. I probably should have hit record long before we really did stuff, but why is this so important to you now? I think this, you know, and I, I, I love that you call it midlife. I'm not really even sure what I want to, you know, call it. Is it midlife, mid-age? Where are we? Right. But we're in this beautiful sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And when I think about women of our age, you know, maybe it's 40 to 55 ish, you know, somewhere in there, right. This mm-hmm. beautiful sweet spot where we, ha- we have a lot going on, but we also have a lot of wisdom. And we have a lot still to live. And for me, it has become my passion to work with women and to share with women this message that we don't have to settle. We don't have to settle. You know, you can have multiple passions. You can change your mind. You know, that for me, when I was in my corporate career, the idea that I would have done something totally different, the idea that I would have stepped into entrepreneurism, right? That coaching, those things were just not on my radar at all because I didn't believe that it was part of the path that you were supposed to take. Mm -hmm. And I've seen so many women whether it's friends or women that I've worked with in the past who, you know, will even make the comment, I posted about this a few days ago, they'll make the comment of, oh, I'm only like five years or 10 years away from retirement. 10 years. I don't want to waste 10 minutes. And you're prepared to settle for the next 10 years doing something you don't love? No, like not anymore. If, if this journey be it my health journey or the end of my corporate career, you know, all of that pulled together, all of those chapters, if that has put me on this path to be able to say, I'm not prepared to waste a minute of it, that is what I want to share. Because I do believe that we can welcome in more joy. We can welcome in more abundance into our lives and we get to choose. How refreshing to hear that. I think so many of us get trapped in this idea that we're on this one path. And the only way forward is the step right in front of you. And the reality is you can, you can jump course. It it might not feel super comfortable. In fact, I'm certain it won't feel very comfortable in the beginning, but 
isn't that like that in and of itself is joy. And I love that you talk about the fact that we're in this sweet spot right now. There's, if we stop and look around us, whatever we've got going on in our own lives right now, we're in the midst of all of the things. We are at that perfect age where, like you said, we have the wisdom. We are nurturing that wisdom, right? In the moment, like it is, it is literally taking shape before us and still have so much to look forward to. But the stuff that we have to look forward to is by design. And that is such a fantastic thing. And living for every minute really does matter. I am with you. I have heard, I'm, I have a few friends who are teachers and it's not to call out that profession. It's just happens to be my, my reality is the counting down to retirement Mm. in the profession. I thought, Oh no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. What if, you know, you hear so many unfortunate stories where someone retires and they've left Earthside a year later, or they've, you know, something has happened where they're not able to enjoy retirement. Sweet spots now, it's always mm-hmm. been now, but it takes these years of wisdom to really understand it. Okay, so we know while we're talking about this right now, there are women in particular who are burning themselves out. They've got the candle burning at both flame or both ends. So how do you how do you work with people to encourage them to see what is possible from them? They're going to love your story and someone who isn't quite ready is going to be like, "Well, that I'm glad that worked out for her, but that's not me. That's not my reality. I have this this and this." So how do you begin to work with someone in that space? Yeah. So from a coaching perspective, one of the things, one of the things that I pursued in the last year was a health and life coaching certification. And I really, I developed a passion for it being coached. I hired a coach, we share a coach and that experience has just lit me up. And I am so passionate to work with women who are in this moment of experiencing burnout, or they can, they can see it. It's, you know, it's right there in front of them. Maybe they don't even notice it. Right. I mean, that was certainly my experience. I didn't even know I was burnt out until it was, you know, too late. And I was fully burnt out, you know, that exhaustion such sin. What I would say is one of the first things that I will share is acknowledging that you have a choice. You get to choose. And this can be as simple as learning to choose what you say yes to and what you say no to. And in my experience, one of the one of the things I think that contributed to the burnout that I experienced was a lack of boundaries. I really had no boundaries, especially when it came to my work. My phone was on 24-7. If it rang in the middle of the night, I answered it. If there was a meeting that was at 5 p.m. on a Friday, I accepted it. You know, there were no, there were no boundaries. And then on the flip side, in my personal life, you know, if these people wanted to get together or there was this dinner invitation, I was always feeling compelled to say yes. And so I have probably in the last, I would say three years, two and a half, three years have really become intentional around what I say yes to and what I say no to. And it really comes back to how I desire to feel. And I've done a lot of work and I will teach how to really identify how you most desire to feel. And when you know how you desire to feel, saying yes or no to something becomes really easy because then you're able to say, okay, is this activity contributing to how I desire to feel? No? Okay. No, thank you. Is this contributing to, yes, like that's a heck yes. And you get that sense of it, right? Once you get um, good at this and you know that yes and the no, you really can be able to say, no, thank you. Or yes, and I'm recognizing. I'm. On, I recognize that you know, in most of our lives, there are things that we you know are required to do, right? But when we have the option to choose, choose wisely would be my first advice. I like that. I like that a lot. And again, that's process. That, you, and you certainly need someone like yourself who can support 
this new learning to say yes. And, and more specifically to say no. Mm -hmm. Um, so working with someone like yourself is so powerful because in those moments where you can feel yourself wavering, there's all this edification, uh, behind the, the reasons why this is so meaningful. I'm curious, what, what does it really mean to invite joy into the experience. So you, you speak a lot on joy. I, I, the word joy flashes in my face when I, when I think of you, I I think of that word. Um, so what, what does it truly mean for, for people? Yeah. So I love to talk about joy. So I love that you bring this up and over the last year, what, one of the things that I, throughout this experience that we've all been in, one of the things that I identified as I was reflecting was that I was able to navigate this season, we'll call it, of the pandemic, of multiple quarantines with joy. I welcomed in a ton of joy and abundance. I was living my best life in what, you know, if you were looking at it outwardly, was not a great situation or time for us in the world, but I was able to find joy. And it really comes down to me for pillars. I've identified pillars of joy and those are gratitude, generosity. So the idea of giving back community or connection, health and faith, that idea of believing in something bigger than ourselves. Those for me are the pillars. This is what I have leaned into over the last year to welcome in more joy and to really begin to step forward into this life that I'm creating. I love it. And have you witnessed this, particularly the pillars? When you introduce the pillars to someone through a coaching experience, do you see that it becomes easier for that person to also welcome joy in? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll share the, you know, I'll share the specific example of giving back because I think that is one that is near and dear to my heart. Yeah. And I, as you encourage others to give back, you know, we, we think about this world and, you know, we are so blessed and I'm so grateful for all that I have. And when you take the opportunity to look around you there are always opportunities for us to give back, whether it's time, energy, financial, if you're able. I always will encourage people to give of their time. I think there's just something so magical about, you know, whether it is volunteering somewhere for an hour every week or, you know, going into a school and, you know, supporting a school when that's possible or, you know, whatever lights you up, it's finding that activity that lights you up and then giving of yourself and what you get back in return is tenfold what you have given. And I can share, I've had the opportunity over the last year to be working with a beautiful group in the Hamilton area, neighbor to neighbor and working in their community kitchen. And I'm not a chef by any stretch. Um, I take direction really well. And, you know, whether it is an hour of doing dishes to support them or cutting up vegetables for meal prep, whatever it is, Every single time I'm there, I walk out lighter, happier, more joyful than when I walked in. Mm, That is, I love that. I really, really love that. Could you also share, Steph, the the program that you worked on with the backpacks? Can you share? Yeah. Oh my gosh, my backpack drive. It's my favorite. Um, So yeah, we did a backpack drive last August. And um, in working with neighbor to neighbor, one of the things that I had said to one of their um, leaders was, you know what, like we're heading back to school and I'm part of this meal prep program, but is there an opportunity for us to support these children as they go back to school? And I was very fortunate in my corporate career. I worked with beautiful companies that did a lot of giving back. So it really, that really fueled it for me. And now being out of corporate, I was, you know, thinking thinking of ways to fuel this for myself. And I thought, you know what, we can do our own backpack drive. So I partnered with an organization in Toronto and we literally just, I put together this program where you could sponsor a backpack 
That's essentially the easiest way to describe it. It was just sponsor a backpack. And the goal was to um, raise enough funds to have a hundred backpacks be given out. That's kind of what we estimated that the organization would need, that there would be about a hundred children that would be without. And we're talking about families who, oh, it'll make me, it makes me tear up. We're talking about families who school supplies isn't even an option. They're trying to choose between rent, groceries, and utilities. And you layer on a new backpack or pencils or books, and it just becomes, um, you know, do we pay a phone bill or do we pay that? And that for me was just unacceptable. It was unacceptable to me that a mother or a father would have to choose. And so if I could do something to support that, I was going to do it. And so we put together this book, this backpack drive. It was a tremendous success. And I will say the universe, the universe is a beautiful thing, right? Things work out exactly the way that they are meant to. So as I said, the original goal was hundred backpacks. We um, raised enough funds for 60, I think 65 backpacks. And I was actually in the beginning feeling a little like disappointed. I could feel those feelings of disappointment. Like we didn't hit the hundred, right? There are there kids that are not going to have these backpacks. And the day I dropped them off, I was in conversation with the woman who was going to be handing them out to the families. And I said to her, you know, okay, so we've got 65 backpacks. And she looked at me eyes wide open and said, how many? I said 65 backpacks. And she said, there's 65 kids on the waiting list. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that. Oh, that's going to make me cry. Yeah. Every single kid that was on their waiting list got a backpack. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That is so special. Okay. You are all things joy. So listening right now, if you don't feel that stirring, that tingling, that, that amazing effervescent feeling that stuff is just created by describing what it is to be generous Oh, this is joy. And this is how you can cultivate it for yourself. So maybe your personal situation right now is in fact, very challenging. There is no question. There are people struggling right now, but should you choose to create just a, a little disruption in that life that you're living right now, or maybe in those thought patterns that you find yourself in right now, Go be generous with your time. That's probably, I love that you suggest that being the number one gift, Stephanie, because most, um, most of the time we do think of being generous and we immediately equate it to um, a financial gift of some kind. And it doesn't have to be that I generosity comes in so many beautiful forms and time definitely is the greatest gift. Oh, put it on your list today, friends, to get out there and be generous in some way. And the return on your investment, if you want to look at it that way, is that you get to feel that feeling that is so desired. And when you feel joy, it magnifies. It shows up more in your own life and it ripples out into the lives of the people that you spend your time with. So your kids will take notice. Your spouse will take notice. Everybody in your space begins to feel the effects and that effect, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephanie, but does joy linger? Absolutely. It does. It lingers and it spreads because then you begin to live life from a place of overflow. And you're now you're pouring from a full cup, right? Those moments of giving back, those moments that I spend in the community kitchen, the moments that I spent with the backpack drive, whatever it is, those, those are the moments that fill my cup. Those are the things that I love and they bring me so much joy, but they allow me to pour out into others. And I become a better friend, a better daughter, a better wife, a better mother, a better coworker, you know, all of the things because I am feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. I, so beautiful. And you immediately take me into, I love, I love, you know, going right into this idea of uh, mental health and mental wellness. And you lead me right into that space because we are stirring up so many emotions and we're not collectively, maybe we're getting better, but collectively there is so much room for us to grow in terms of our mental health. Um, and mental, emotional wellness in general. So how 
interconnected is this practice that you're speaking of, what you coach people on, the programs that you offer. How does that relate to supporting women specifically in, in their in their mid-whatevers? Do we call it midlife? Yeah, I don't mid-age, midlife. I'm good with either. <laughs> I'm gonna live till I'm a hundred. So right. I'm not quite mid. Yeah, but... I've got a I've got a couple months till mid, but uh yeah. Oh wow, mm-hmm. cool. I'm gonna find out when your birthday is because I'm a couple months off too. When is it? I'm well, October. Oh, you're in October. Okay. We're, yeah. we're not the same. I thought, wouldn't that be wild if we had the same birthday? Same birthday. Um, so yeah, mental wellness. Yeah. Let's connect the dots here. Oh, so, so much connection. I think coming through the past, I was, you know, the last two years have been incredibly challenging for so many people, right? I, you said that we can't, we can't gloss over that, but I do believe that a simple practice of gratitude, a simple practice of generosity a practice of connection, whether that is picking up the phone and calling somebody or, you know, sending a quick note or voice note. Those are things that not only serve others, but they serve ourselves. And we see that we see our emotions. You know, when I work with women on this idea around joy and, you know, practices that they can bring into their lives, strategies that, you know, they can put to work in their lives, I see this shift. I see a shift to optimism. I see a shift in positivity, in the joy that they are welcoming in and in a belief. I think there is so much grounded here in belief, right? Do you believe that you are worthy of joy? Do you believe in, you know, and that's a whole other route that we could go down, but you know, it really is that connection and Connection, it just keeps coming up to me. That's the word that keeps dropping for me is connection. That is one of the things that has been so valuable and um, impactful for me over the last you know year, year and a half has really been that idea of connection. Knowing that you're not alone in this journey, knowing that you have somebody in your corner, you know, that is what I desire to be as a coach. I desire to be that woman in your corner who is cheering you on, who maybe is giving you the kick in the butt when you need it. Right. Um, but is there to, to see you and to hear you, um, and to hold space with you. I think that is so important. Um, yeah. And I think as it relates to, to mental wellness and just wellness in general, these are practices that I truly b- believe will bring harmony and will bring joy. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And the more we engage in these practices, like you said, the more it, it, it expands and spreads and just affects everyone. I mean, we've seen the results of negative um, negativity, you know, fear being the thing that I'm thinking of right now and how it spreads. What if we took that same concept in the way we speak and the things we consume and the, and the things that we do and the things that we practice, what if it cultivated, instead of cultivating fear, it cultivated joy. We know it will spread. Absolutely. It's curating what you consume and what you tolerate. I, you know, I, I watch very little news. I will tell you that I watch very little news. My husband keeps me up to date on like the need to know, right? Like we have like a daily, like need to know moment. Right. And then I don't, you know, I, I curate my social media. I curate all of, you know, what books am I reading? What podcasts am I listening to? Are they lifting me up or are they dragging me down? And I have really become in tune and I'm very intentional of course correcting. And understanding that, okay, I can, I feel myself going this path and it doesn't feel good. And I know I have a choice. So I'm coming back, you know, and whether that's putting down the book or turning off the show or, you know, not listening to that podcast. Right. And it's not about a toxic positivity. That's not what I support, but it is about being intentional about what I consume. 
I love that. I love that you mentioned toxic positivity as well, because that is a really real thing. And um, realism needs to be a part of this entire experience. I also want to add to that. There are people. So as you're cultivating joy, there are people in your life. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say for all of us that challenge our joy. So while we can control things like what we watch on the news and, and a variety of other variables, the people in our lives are also something that you can learn to say yes and no to. And Stephanie, I am certain that you explore this with your coaching clients because just because someone has been in your life up to this point, if they cultivate negative feelings every time you engage with them, every time you are in their space, it might be the time to evaluate that relationship. And that is not that is not to suggest cutting people out of your life. It is just how much do you want to use the word tolerate? What boundaries do you wish to create around that relationship? Um, and decide you know, who gets to be part of that joyful space that you're creating? Who's worthy of your energy? Who's worthy of your time? Those are the choices that you get to make. And I was reading actually just this morning. So it's interesting that you're bringing this up, but I read something this morning that said, and I'm not going to quote it perfectly, but it was recognizing that everyone that we come in contact with is bringing us a gift and we just need to figure out what that gift is. So somebody may be really triggering for us, but understanding that maybe there's something to be learned from that. You know, why am I triggered by this person or their behavior? And, you know, what is that? And, And really kind of thinking about that and understanding that we are also a gift to everybody that we connect with. And what are they getting from us? What's the gift that we are giving? And it really had me thinking this morning. It was a really, you know, sort of a deep morning in my 5 a.m. practice, but it was really that idea of, you know, individuals that maybe in the past I haven't been as grateful for because maybe they are triggering or whatever that, you know, what am I, what am I here to learn from them? They've come into my life for a reason. What is that reason? But agreeing, like, I agree with you. I think there is, it's, it really is understanding who is worthy of your energy and your time and that you get to choose that. You prioritize that. Yeah. So much part of creating that joy around your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. We could go down a lot of different paths together, Steph. Oh my goodness. I'm enjoying this so, so very much. I want to know, I, I want to get in and share with everyone how they can stay in connection with you or get into connection with you so that they be, can begin to learn or deepen their skills with respect to gratitude and generosity. I want to know all of those things. And I'm sure those listening also want to know this. But before we do that, can we talk about who the people who you might consider mentors or guides might be. I'm always intrigued by this because oftentimes I'm I'm surprised to learn who it is that has provided guidance. Yeah, absolutely. So when I think about guides and mentors, it it's interesting. So we we've said we share a mutual coach, Jen, who is just an absolute light and inspiration. And so she absolutely would be one of my mentors. When I think about guides, I had this conversation actually with our coach not long ago, and I feel truly guided. My um, my father was an incredible mentor in my life, just an absolute light. Um, he passed years ago, but I still feel his guidance. I still, you know, it's like, what would he do and how would he respond? And, um, you know, I can feel that guidance from him. And I've had, I've had the experience of having worked with incredible leaders in my career that I am so fortunate to have been able to work with and for women who were stepping into their personal power that were advocates for women, be it in business or in life. Um, So I've had those experiences and I'm so, so grateful for that. And then being part of communities. I think that's one of the 
best things that I did for myself over the course of the last probably three years is I inserted myself into communities of women who were empowering each other, who were raising each other up, who were inspiring each other. And that just in turn has raised me up and has really lit that under me to be somebody who does that for other people now. That's beautiful. Um, I'm with you a hundred percent on this idea of inserting yourself into places. It's right now, there is this narrative out there that we're all, we're all isolated Mm. and you can't connect with anyone, but I would challenge your thoughts on that because there are all kinds of extra, I mean, extraordinary communities popping up as a result of what's happening in the world. And we get this chance to meet people literally from all over the world who are open to this opportunity to connect, um, share in that joy space and help you cultivate joy. And even if you are more of an introverted person, virtual connections seem to be a little bit more, what's the word I want to a little more inviting. There's just something mm. different. I don't know if it's because you're in your own home or what the difference safe. is. Safer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's a really good way to look at it. So there are these opportunities for myself. I, uh, this is where I have raised my, not only my joy, but my confidence has been bolstered by being in communities of like-minded women, including yourself, and um, it's it's a powerful thing to leave this audience with. If you if you take an action today, if you're someone that listens and knows that you're going to activate something that you learned, I hope it's that. Mm-hmm. I hope it's that you look for places that you can become part of something extraordinary, something beyond what you are currently living. Stretch yourself a little bit, get uncomfortable, and expand that sense of joy. Another recommendation is for you to pick up your device right now and find it. We're going to find out from Stephanie where we can follow along with her and continue this journey. Because if you're like me, you're going to want to partner with her and just begin the process. If you've never done this before, begin the process of cultivating generosity and gratitude and really dive deep into connection. She speaks on health. She speaks on faith. You guys, these are pillars that we could all benefit from strengthening in our lives. So Stephanie, tell us where we can continue to follow you and let us know, have you got something coming up that we should really know about? Yeah, absolutely. So my favorite place to play is Instagram. So I invite you to come over and, you know, follow and, and become involved in the conversation. That is really my, I love to be in conversation with people. I think that's part of our connection. Definitely. Rebecca is this idea of conversation and connection. So I'm on Instagram. It's S as in Stephanie Johnston R. So S Johnston R and yeah, come over and, you know, join in the conversation. Instagram is definitely one of my favorite places. I do have a website. It's also S Johnston R Dot com, So you can come over there and, and check out what I have going on. And then things that are upcoming. So I have in 2022, I have opened up VIP one-on-one coaching spots. So I am really excited to be moving into this season to be coaching women one-on-one to help them really step to the edge with bravery and confidence and just embrace this time in our life to welcome in more joy. I am just so excited to be doing that. Um, And I'll declare here, Rebecca, for the first time ever, I am declaring that I will launch a podcast in 2022. (laughs) I'm dancing in my seat and I am so pumped. Oh, people are going to devour you. You lift people simply through your voice. I can only imagine when they have this opportunity to spend more time with you and can be consistent with you, how that will shape them going forward. How thrilling. Yeah, it's really exciting. I have, it's something I've been noodling on for a while and just I've declared it in 2022. So it is, it's happening. So it is. (laughs) On your website, you also have a free 
workbook that people can take a look at. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So if they head over to my work or if they head over to my website, they can um, sign up to download the um, workbook. It is an active workbook. It is called From Exhausted to Awesome. Um, that's also my tagline on LinkedIn, um, where I spent a good portion of my corporate career over on LinkedIn. And it really is the idea of a few simple steps and strategies that you can put into place to help you start to move from exhausted to awesome. How beautiful is that? If this has inspired anything in you, And I know that this has, these kinds of conversations cannot not light you up, get into that workbook, explore yourself on a deeper level and reach out to Steph and find out how you can partner with her, continue learning from her. I mean, you already are a VIP, my friends. So why not connect with Stephanie and her VIP program and really dive deep into what this year can hold for you? You will be amazed. This is the thing that I, I, it's amazing when you discover that your awesomeness is, isn't anything outside of you. And sometimes you just simply need a coach, someone like Stephanie, who has experienced exhaustion to awesome herself. She has walked her talk. And when she's able to highlight for you that everything you will ever need to create and cultivate that joy for yourself is already within you, friends, that is everything. That is the icing on the greatest cake there ever was. Stephanie Johnston, today has been an extraordinary joy for me. A joy. <laughs> I can't say that word enough <laughs> because literally that's what you are to me. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being my friend. And I just realized I said that out loud on the day we're recording is actually Betty's 100th. <gasps> yeah, yeah, it is. Happy oh birthday, my gosh. Yeah, we're going to, yes. this isn't coming out right away, but yeah, when you hear this, it'll be, uh, it's, it's Betty's 100th. So they've oh. loved that woman of joy. Doesn't that make I, sense that we're together that day? That is so perfect. What beautiful <laughs> timing and Rebecca, thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this and into this conversation with you. I could, I could sit in conversation with you for hours and hours and hours. And I love what you are doing here. The community that you are creating, you are a purveyor of joy, my friend. And it is absolutely my honor to be in friendship and in relationship with you. Oh, I can't wait to lay a big hug on you in the future. I know. I do. (laughs) Okay, friends. Well, thanks so much for tuning into the show today. As always, health and happiness to you. Can't wait to see you again. Bye, everyone. Mm -hmm.